Could this be the year it all comes together for Eli Drinkwitz? Well, if it is, Brady Cook's going to have something to say about it. And speaking of something to say, let's hear from Brady Cook in his own words, coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. Thanks so much for making this your first listen every day, and thanks for telling a friend we're free and available on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, of course. And I tell you what, I've been thinking a lot lately And as somebody who is about almost exactly Eli Drinkwitz's age, I've been thinking about just how relatively young this guy really is. Now, don't get me wrong, he and I aren't as young as Brady Cook, who apparently his first memory of Mizzou football is Chase Daniel. Yes, that's the first Missouri quarterback he could actually remember. Too young for Brad Smith, really? Man, we are getting old, aren't we? But hey... That's okay. Just made me laugh, to be honest with you. I just thought that was an amusing answer to put in context there. You forget just how young these guys really are sometimes. But you know what? Sometimes I think we forget how young and inexperienced Eli Drinkwitz truly is as a head coach as well. And I've been thinking this really could be the year it all comes together for him. And here's here's kind of what I'm getting at. I think The first two years at Missouri, I think it's fair to say, especially when you consider the first year for Drinkwitz was the COVID season of 2020. You want to talk about a lot of things to figure out your first year on the job, plus a guy who had one year of experience at App State where, frankly, it's a different job at App State. Lately, App State in their conference, well, they've been ruling the roost for the most part. They've been one of the elite conferences in the group of five level of college football. Well, obviously a different deal in the Southeastern Conference if you're the Missouri Tigers head coach. And I think the first couple years here at Missouri, as a play caller and as a head coach, Eli Drinkwitz has been figuring out what he's good at, his strengths and weaknesses, frankly, how much time he has to de- to devote to different parts of the team. You've seen him already give up quarterback coach duties. I don't think you're going to see him give up offensive play calling anytime soon. Frankly, I don't think he's ever going to do it. And I don't think he needs to. That's something that's been maybe discussed a little bit too much online is, well, does Drinkwitz have time to call plays? I would question that more if there weren't a lot of examples of successful head coaches in college football who do call their own plays. Lincoln Riley, for instance, Oklahoma's former head coach, now at Southern Cal, a very obvious example. Chip Kelly's done it before. Plenty of guys, Steve Spurrier. There's a bajillion different examples, actually, if you want to look into it, of guys. I think Jimbo Fisher calls his own plays. Josh Heupel did just fine down in Tennessee last year. So to me, that's over-discussed a little bit. On the other hand, yes, you do have to find a balance because Drinkwitz, his biggest strength is still recruiting, obviously, to me. So he's going to have to spend a lot of time out on the road. And you know what? There's going to have to be a balance there. Who's the guy who figures out, hey, on third and two in this special situation, what's the perfect play call? 
Does Drinkwitz have enough time to do all that? Well, we're going to find out, I think, eventually. I think you have to, I think you have to delegate some of those responsibilities to your analysts, to your assistants, that kind of thing. Because again, as much as, as important as those situations are, especially in a season that could kind of go either way this year in 2022, still you got to make recruiting your number one priority. But I will say again, getting back to my point about how at App State, well, they had a talent, they had the talent more often than not, the superior talent to their opponents. And I think at times in 2020 and 2021, Drinkwitz, and this is some of its personnel as well, quarterback injuries and limitations at that position at times, especially second half of last season, I think Drinkwitz has been overly conservative with his play calling at times, especially in terms of just calling up plays that can push the ball down the field. And for as well as Missouri has run the football in his first two years, and I think Drinkwitz deserves a ton of credit for designing said running games. I think we haven't taken enough advantage of the play-action game, especially not only vertically over the top, but also over the sort of intermediate part of the middle of the defense. Obviously, the tight ends often attack there. Tight ends have not been very involved in the passing game so far through Drinkwitz. I just am starting to believe that with Luther Burden on board, with a maybe more mobile quarterback in Brady Cook this year, that you're going to see some opportunities to take more shots downfield. And I think Drinkwitz is maybe realizing that he has to be a little bit more aggressive with his play calling. I think you've seen him talk about this in the offseason. And I think if we think back to the last couple of years, well, maybe the most aggressive play calling I can remember from Drinkwitz was against LSU in 2020. And guess what? We ended up winning that football game. I don't know when exactly it flipped, but at a certain point, I think Drinkwitz and his play calling got a little bit too conservative. And hopefully the spring game is some indication of this. A lot more shots downfield against what was certainly a undermanned Missouri defense on both sides that day. But still, I think that's a good sign that we're at least trying to do it, trying to see what could happen. And Brady Cook seemed pretty comfortable doing it. So I think there's a lot of reasons to really believe that this could be the year. And hey, when it comes to actually picking the right defensive coordinator, you know, I'm I'm less confident on that one. Just simply because we just haven't had the Blake 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 Baker experience yet. And I just don't know what to expect. I'm guardedly optimistic. But I'm more optimistic in terms of Drinkwitz finding a better play calling balance in 2022. And if you happen to be a loyal listener of this program, you know my opinions on Brady Cook. So let's hear from Brady Cook, the man himself, coming up. But you've also heard me say many times that Built Bar, the greatest protein bar ever conceived by man or any other sentient being, for that matter. Well, guess what? There's a new flavor. Are you ready for it? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. Yeah. Do I have your, do I have your attention? I think so. That's right. Built has done it again. The Built Bar Puffs, the newest flavor, cookie dough chunk puffs. How can you possibly go wrong when again, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, but each one is only 160 calories with a whopping 15 grams of protein 
in each and every bar. How can you possibly go wrong when you're reaching for a chocolate treat? Don't just settle. No, go for the best. Go for Built Bar. Go for the new cookie dough chunk puff at Built.com. Be sure to use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. As I alluded to before, this really, in my opinion, could be the year it all comes together for Eli Drinkwitz and the Tigers during his era. But you know what? If it ain't this year, it sure as heck better be 2023 because four years deep these days, especially when you're making $4 million a year in the Southeastern Conference, well, people start to want results pretty quickly. Now, at the moment, Nobody other really than Brian Harson down in Auburn seems to be on the hot seat, but give that another year, and I think you'll see the Southeastern Conference show. It's normal colors, that's for sure. But obviously, if this is going to be the year for Eli Drinkwitz, Brady Cook probably going to have to be a big part of it. And after not showing maybe all that much confidence in Cook in the offseason, or at least in the quarterback depth, in general, we've debated which one of those things it could be in this space quite a bit. You'd have to ask Drinkwitz, frankly. But as it as it stands today, you want to listen to Eli now. He says about Brady Cook, he's got great arm strength and velocity. He's a tough runner. But his, I think, biggest strength is between his ears. He's got a great mind. He understands exactly what we're dealing with, and he anticipates what defenses are doing. Well, if all that's true, he's got a strong arm, he runs tough, he can move around a little bit, and he's got it between the ears, that's basically all you want from a quarterback for the most part. What was really missing there? Well, accuracy, I suppose, and that's something that Brady has talked about working on in the offseason, without a doubt. But I'll say in the bowl game, I, I thought Brady's accuracy looked pretty darn good for the most part course saving that misfire to Dawson Downing on the the two-point play there at the end of the game hey I mean stuff happens that that was how I viewed that play for a guy who played a very good football game I've broken it down by the way in the archives this offseason if you want to check that out but long story short the guy played really really well and he had a bad misfire there at the end of the game stuff happens is what I would say there but again about Brady Cook despite all of the challenges of this offseason, all the questions, all of JT Daniels coming in and Gary Bohannon and Jaden Daniels and all these different guys. Jack Abraham eventually signed with the Tigers. Well, according to Drinkwitz, he, he ran to the fight. So there's absolutely nothing about Brady that wanted to transfer. He wants to be a Missouri fan. Or he wants to be a Missouri quarterback, I should say, because he grew up a Missouri fan. And nothing against any of those other quarterbacks, and certainly some of these guys, you're going to see quarterbacks transfer almost every year, at least every other year, because that's the nature of the position. There's only one ball, right? But at the same time, how can you not love Brady Cook as a Missouri fan? And as the kids like to say, you know what? Let's hear Brady Cook's origin story as a Missouri fan a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it means everything to me. Um... This is, uh, I'm in a position right now that uh, I used to dream of. Um, and I've really worked uh, my whole football career for this moment. So, I mean, it means so much. And just growing up and watching the Tigers and being from St. Louis, um, it means even more. So it's really special. 
Some of the other qualities you like to see in a great quarterback are leadership qualities for sure. Just the ability to lead young men into battle, to use sort of a, a an inelegant analogy there. But I think Brady Cook has that in spades. Just seeing the guy talk enough, I just think that he has a quiet confidence about himself that his teammates are going to gravitate toward, without a doubt. And also as a quarterback, you need just a relentless competitive fire and, and a desire to get better. And in this next bite about the bowl game, his bowl performance in the Armed Forces Bowl, I think Brady Cook gives you a little bit of that flavor. I've watched the bowl game many times, and um, you know I was impressed with some of the plays I made just um, as far as scrambling and extending things goes. Um, but then, I, yeah, I also took away just, you know, some misreads that, you know, I think now that I would make and just, uh, you know, you just tell I was a little uncomfortable out there. So I took away a lot of things from that game, good and bad. Well, it's funny to hear Brady, in my opinion, be by far his harshest critic there. I'm, I'm very much like that with this podcast. I'm definitely the harshest critic of this podcast. Well, maybe some YouTube commenters might compete with me for that but in all seriousness I think that's an admirable quality there for Brady to be self-aware and maybe overly critical to say that he looked uncomfortable in that game I, I didn't see that at all I thought he looked perfectly comfortable leading the team in the bowl game last year obviously things could have gone a little bit better for the Tigers could have come up with a victory there but to me I'm excited about Brady Cook and his his time here at Missouri, and I'm pretty confident in him as well. So you know what? Let's get her going. And now shifting gears just a bit, Missourians take a lot of pride in the show-me state attitude. And for good reason, I think. But I think over the years, perhaps the meaning of show-me has been muddied a little bit and perhaps is starting to become counterproductive for Missouri Tiger sports. And I want to explain that take right after these quick words. Now, over the last few months, I've noticed a certain attitude that's been a little bit per pervasive among certain Missouri Tigers fans that is very cynical, I find. And it does seem to be at least excused by this attitude of, well, I'm from the show me state. This sort of deal. Now, don't get me wrong. What was the original origin of the phrase, the show me state? Well, apparently there's a few different stories of where this came from, but apparently the most widely circulated version, credit goes out to a Missouri U.S. Congressman, Willard Duncan Vandiver, coining the phrase in 1899 in Philadelphia, Quoted as saying, I come from a state that raises corn and cotton and cockleburs and Democrats, and frothy eloquence neither convinces nor satisfies me. I am from Missouri. You have got to show me. So what does he mean by that? Well, pretty simple, right? Basically, he's saying that actions speak louder than words. And hey, I'm a big believer in actions speak louder than words. A good example you ever watched the show Modern Family? Remember when Phil Dunphy and various other members of the family are constantly tripping over this broken step? To which Phil will always respond, gotta fix that step. Well, he never fixes the step. It's a running joke in the show. And I think a lot of us can be like that in our lives. We'll say stuff, but we won't actually 
take action on it. So if that's what you mean by it, hey, fine and dandy. But now it's almost become this idea that, well, in order for me to actually buy into the Missouri Tigers, well, they have to be good first. You have to show me victory before I actually buy in with my passion. Well, frankly, this is how the opposite of sports should work. You're supposed to dive in with undying passion that really has no consequence. It's not like your romantic relationships or your marriages or anything like that, of which, yes, there's lots of emotions to that relationship, but there's also a lot of consequences potentially as well. And let's just compare it to marriage for a second. Guess what? You're going to have to buy season tickets to the Tigers before they're good or else, well, you're probably going to miss out. If someday Missouri is an elite football program, elite basketball program, well, now's the time to buy in. You can't wait until later, and you're also not going to have as satisfying of an experience. It's not that much different than getting married, for instance. Did my wife know that when we got married that I was going to be a good father and husband, for instance? Well, she couldn't have known that. I couldn't have shown her that I was going to be a good father before we had kids. Just like Dennis Gates cannot show you that he's going to be a great basketball coach before it happens. If you're going to wait around for the results, well, guess what? You're going to be paying a lot more for tickets in the long run, and you're going to have a less satisfying experience. And what really kind of went up Mike Easter sideways this morning and sparked this discussion was from a poster online. A Missouri fan who was talking about Dennis Gates was responding to somebody getting excited about Dennis Gates. God forbid. Well, this person said, what happened to the show me state? Now everything is hype. The same thing happened when they fired Odom and the new guy from a small conference has a losing record. Well, Hello. Good morning, sunshine. My goodness, this seems like a fun guy to hang out with, doesn't it? But first of all, the idea that now everything is hype is if in the past there was no such thing as anticipation of the next new great prospect or coach or something like that. Heck, Tony Van Zant was around before I was born. That guy got a lot of hype. Well, sometimes the hype is worth it. I remember making fun of the LeBron James hype when I was about 18 years old and he was 16 and on the cover of Sports Illustrated. But then I actually saw LeBron play about a quarter of one high school basketball game and I realized, oh, that's what this is? Gee, maybe the hype is worth it. So can we at least see what the product looks like for two seconds for Dennis Gates before we immediately start poo-pooing anybody's excitement as a Missouri fan? Cynicism is not intelligence. It's just not. I realize that people who want to be cynical about everything and say, well, that hasn't happened yet. That doesn't make you a genius. In fact, the smartest people in the world, and maybe this is my bias here as somebody who works the stock market, who works the futures market, all that stuff. Guess what? You have to project forward. And while lots of projections forward, whether it is what stock you're going to buy or what man or woman you're going to spend the rest of your life with in the union of marriage, there's got to be a lot of projection forward. This is what people have to do. We have obviously unclear and imperfect guides to the future, but we still have to make plans and move forward anyway. So guess what? 
throw down some roots, and buy some Mizzou season tickets. Stop being a show-me cynic and show these players that you're in with them. I'm in with Brady Cook and this whole team, and I hope you are too. So, with all that being said, enough cynicism. Let's have some optimism. You'll always feel optimistic. After you listen to Chris Gordy on Locked On SEC, get more of the Southeastern Conference five days a week, 30 minutes or less. Again, make Locked On SEC your second listen today. That's Locked On SEC. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou.